Welcome to the Mark Stary Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal on my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Stary, and I'm a 15-plus-year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Stary, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you've got an extra buck or two, you wouldn't mind tossing in the podcast tip jar. Please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Stary Music Podcast. Also, considering you help get the word out on the street via social media, five-star rating interview on iTunes, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Barbara Walters. You will have some failure, and you will be able to go on, add a new chapter, and have a more interesting time. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Stary Music Podcast. Enjoy! Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Starry Music Podcast, episode 230. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler Pine City, the B-Dale Club, and Canine Inspired Change. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you in a nice winter day here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Left the wooded country of Turtle Lake, Wisconsin a couple hours ago, pulled into my driveway, and hundreds of St. Paul teachers are picketing in the front of my house. Like my dad says... I'm flexible. Last week's gigs wrap up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. If weather gets any nicer, Vinny's threatening to open up the patio. Friday, I played a solo show at Ingredients in Wiper Lake, Minnesota. Gave up on the house Bose speaker for my usual one, and the tip jar doubled. Saturday, I played a duo show at JJ's Pub in Breezy Point, Minnesota. Polar plunge weekend. Crazy kids, good times, but could have used a bouncer. Shows. Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, March 12th, I'll be playing a duo show at B-Dale Club in Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota from 6 to 9 p.m. Friday, March 13th, I'll be playing a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin from 7 to 10 p.m. Saturday, March 14th, I'll be playing a duo show at Eagle Lounge in Fox Creek, Wisconsin with Brian K. Johnson to celebrate St. Pat weekend from 7 to 10 p.m. Guest this week is part three of three with Twin Cities multimedia journalist, legendary Care 11 news anchor, and host of the new online show What's Next, Diana Pierce. We discuss more Hollywood adventures, her journey to Care 11, and more. Enjoy the conversation. Diana Pierce, welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on again for episode three with Diana. (laughs) You're going to get tired of me. (laughs) No, not at all. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you so much. And I want to keep going on your experience in Hollywood, working at these crazy studios and 
and everything else. You right. were talking about when you had to, uh, was it when you were working for Bob Ross? Yes. Okay, so Bob Ross Music was my next job, you know, past the Pat Boone thing. And Bob Ross Music was in the good old days before computers. Composers would actually have, and, and it would be like a book. So it was, you know, with all the music, they had all the parts written out and all the lines. And so they would bring in their compositions to Bob. Bob and his crew would hand copy on what was called vellum paper. So it's very thin, like rice paper. And so they would do note by note whatever the composer would had and so that was that was really a technical thing way back then and so you know if you made a mistake you had to literally take a, a, a blade and scrape the ink off the paper and put in the correct note if, if somebody had made a mistake my job was to collect all of this stuff run it through a machine in the other room and then deliver it to the sessions the recording sessions so um through that so I, I worked there for a couple of months and so that was I would go to a Dean Martin uh, recording session when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's amore when the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine that's amore and Dean Martin would have like the full orchestra. He wasn't there when I arrived, but he also had a full bar at the other end of the recording studio. I mean like full bar and bartender. So if anybody wanted to help themselves to, to whatever, I assume he also probably had invited guests that, you know, so they would be comfortable too. But recording studios back then are not that big. So to accommodate a big full orchestra, which is what they had, you know, it was, you know, make yourself comfortable because you're, you're going to be there for a while. So that was, again, during the day. These are day sessions. They're not at night. But then I was able to go to AM Records, A&M, and so one of them was the Carpenters. And so when I walked in there, so uh, Karen, and we're going to remember his name. Uh, it's not John Carpenter, but it's it's because that's obviously a film director. But um, they were in the back. So they were kind of talking amongst themselves. I brought it in, whoever the person was that was their music director. Richard. Richard, yes, exactly. Okay, so Richard Carpenter. So Karen and Richard Carpenter were in the back of the studio. I probably handed off their arrangements. And I do not know to this day what those arrangements were. Wouldn't it be great if I did? But anyway, this again, this would have been in 1972. And, uh, and, and as we know, and I kind of look back recently through the, their stuff, they would record, but then they would wait several months before they would release something. And, you know, again, mixing, mixing, mixing. That takes a long time to get all of that. I, I'm always like somebody who does that. God bless you because your ears got to be tired by the time you leave there. And, yeah, I just, I, that's not a gift for me. I can't listen to something over and over and over and over again. Okay, no, move the bass up a little. No, move the, you know, this down yeah, a little bit. Yeah, 1DB, 2DB, and it's hey, like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. But so I delivered stuff for them. I, same place, uh, or, or maybe a different recording studio, but it was the Jackson 5. I 
met everybody but Michael. And so they were fantastic. They were like, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you, blah, 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 you know. Just read on the 45th Parallel Distillery Facebook page that the Tawny Port Finished Border Bourbon is back. Available for purchase only at the distillery. Limited supply, so get yours while you can. And I wish I could have gotten a bottle. Maybe I still can yet if I get a hold of Anton. 45th Parallel is a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka to producing dozens of different spirits, including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy, slow fermentation, slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is to create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out 45thparalleldistillery.com for hours and more information. So when you're looking for a quality alcoholic beverage to bring to the weekend get-together, the March Madness parties, the WrestleMania parties, or just having a cocktail while out and about, listen to your favorite local musicians. Try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly. And so... Uh, Michael was late that day. He was supposed to record, but for whatever reason, he, he wasn't there during the time of delivery when, when I'm delivering the stuff. So those are kind of the bigger names of, of the people that, you know, I had met or rubbed elbows with during that, that time. So, you know, it was, it, it's a fantastic time to be, it's, I, when I go and I look at like the Eagles, the early years, I keep thinking, I'm going to see myself in the background of one of those things. But You know, I, I didn't, you know, so, uh, but I was there when all that stuff was happening. And then our group, then in 1970, well, then our group in 1973, we then, again, Christian singing group, and it was started, starting to be kind of the new Christian contemporary music scene. And we got then matched up with a guy called Dino Carsonakis. You'll have to look at And they call him the Liberace of Christian music? They do. Okay. fancied himself that he always had a chandelier on his white piano and he would wear a white tux and so he was on the Catherine Kuhlman show on CBS she would record a half hour Christian program she was known as a faith healer at CBS studios in Hollywood and so she would do four half-hour shows, usually on one day. So we worked from, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning till 7 or 8 o'clock at night. So on Valentine's Day, 1973, we were at CBS Studios. We were on the set of Sunny and Cher because that's where they recorded her show, 
when they weren't doing the Sonny and Cher show. So it's weird for us to be on the studio stage looking out at the half-cut-out heads of Sonny and Cher. which were the iconic, you know, graphic logos for the Sunny and Cher show at the time. So, again, this is Hollywood, rock and roll days, and, and we were the complete opposite. She wanted us with dresses up to our chins and down to our ankles and long sleeves so nothing could be provocative in any way whatsoever. And... You know, in our group wasn't that way anyway, but she had this. And then the other thing was, she said, you must look as natural as possible. So that means no makeup. And I'm like, oh, hell no. You know, you know, so as soon as we, we passed, as soon as we passed, you know, her public inspection, I went over and I put on makeup and I put on the, you know, mascara. Because I'm, you know, I'm all one color. So, you know, if I don't have something on, I nothing works with me. And so then I thought, well, I'm going to put on lipstick, but I'm just going to put on just a little of the lipstick, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm not typically that much of a, you know, I'll show you type of person. But once in a while, you push me enough in one direction. I'm kind of like, no, just no, not flying for me. Thank you. So, um so then we recorded this thing, these things, because we backed up Dino. We recorded an entire album with Dino. We weren't credited on the album at all other than as backup singers. But again, kind of the norm for that, we went on tour with Dino because he had a tour and he would meet up with Catherine at different places or he would perform by himself, you know, and so he had a following. So we uh, were in a you know, station wagon and a van. Spent the day yesterday scrubbing and vacuuming out my Jeep. Therapy dog work and life on the road can trash a car in a quick hurry. But nothing feels better than a spit-shined, clean road trip around the countryside in my black Jeep Cherokee I got from ID Chrysler, Pine City, Minnesota. With 250,000 miles in my old car, was just too much for the poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the staff could have been more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at idcdjr.com or take the beautiful drive of 35 to 715 Northridge Court Northwest, Pine City, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 8 to 5 p.m., closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Pine City today and enjoy a safe winter season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. We packed all our stuff, and because then we sang, we'd, we'd be his opening act, you know, for him to come out with a piano and stuff and do that. So we, we did a West Coast tour in 1973, and at the end of that thing, uh, we went all the way up to Seattle, and we were on television shows in Seattle and Portland, and then did something in Sacramento. We went all the way down to San Diego, and then kind of, you know, back to Hollywood. So we were in and out of hotel rooms the, the entire thing, and I kind of got a little tired of, of that. I mean, I got a good taste of it for me. And it was like, oh, man, I, mm, I'm not sure that this is my future, you know. And 
but I was too young to be a studio musician. I could sight read at that time really, really good. And that's what you kind of needed to do to be a backup musician and stuff like that. But uh, I, they weren't accepting, uh, you know, seriously, anybody that was that young. And so what was I? It was now finally I was 18 at that particular point. But all the backup musicians, you know, if you've ever seen 20 Feet from Stardom, I mean, that kind of gives you an, an, an idea of the caliber of the type of musician that even back then was being used. So, you know, that, so I, you know, I just said, you know, they came back and they said, no, we're going to focus in on one of our other singers. And so thank you so much for, you know, joining us. But we're going to, and so her name is Carter Robertson. And so she went on to be Waylon Jennings' backup singer and was, was, was with him for a number of years. I've always been crazy, but it's kept me from going insane. Beautiful lady, are you sure that you understand? The chances you're taking such a talented musician. So she and her husband now live in Nashville, and they have been there for a number of years. So I was able to actually see her uh, in concert with Waylon when I worked in Norfolk, Virginia. So it was that was just so fun. She got me backstage passes, so I was able to go back and meet Waylon. And, and you know, wow. but, but Willie and the boys weren't with him at that particular point. So <laughs> you know, Willie came through like a couple of months later uh, through there. So you know, and I also credit you know Willie un. Believable showmanship. He went for two and a half hours straight, like no breaks. He gave his band a break. He continued to do his own little thing out in front. I, I and had never seen anybody, you know. I, I, I hear John Denver did the same thing, but I didn't see John Denver in person. But, you know, two and a half solid hours, and like he's still, he can go on for another hour, you know, so I gotta wrap it up. So, yeah, so. You have amazing stories well at some point maybe i should write them down <laughs> i think like a memoir these are unique I mean, I this is such interesting and, you know, get all the tapes that we've talked about <laughs> yeah i mean this is just so interesting then they're just yeah so but then i went into you know junior college and i sang and got runner up to miss california with my song you know so then that kind of launched me into broadcast it's like yeah i i sound too much like Karen Carpenter, and there was already one Karen Carpenter, so uh, off I go in the world of broadcast, and, and then so I did that for a number of years until I recorded my own stuff. Wow. You need to write a memoir. Mm. This is just so much material and just so interesting. <laughs> so something interesting, when I had Don Shelby on the podcast last year, sure. like him, you have an extremely distinct, unique voice like the voice of the Twin Cities, like anybody can hear you and know exactly who you are through your voice. So Don Shelby talked how he's from, I believe it was Indiana, and he actually had a southern accent, and he kind of came up imitating a, like some African-American people, and, came, and then he created his Don Shelby voice. So I was curious, what are some things, being in the podcast industry, what's some advice or tips, or what's the story of you developing your professional speaking voice? 
My life took a good turn when Copper the Wonder Gold and I became part of Canine Inspired Change. All the heartwarming and memorable experiences we've gained from doing therapy dog work can't be counted or even put into words. Copper's a little bummed this morning that the teacher strike fell on today when we're supposed to be starting a new class at River East, but we have Union Gospel Mission later, so she'll cheer right back up. Canine Inspired Change is a nonprofit organization dedicated to giving vulnerable youth the social emotional tools they need to be active participants in their schools and their communities. Our work helps these remarkable young people transcend trauma, social struggles, and isolation by sparking meaningful connections with dogs, volunteers, and each other. If you are interested in giving back to the community with your dog or contributing to this worthwhile nonprofit organization, please look into Canine Inspired Change at canineinspiredchange.org. So going back to when I was with my singing group in California, I was on a plane and I sat next to this guy and we had this conversation and he said, you have a very pleasant speaking voice. Have you ever thought about going into broadcasting? And the time I knew time, my time in Hollywood was probably wrapping up. And I said, no, I've really never thought about that. And he says, they're hiring more women I encourage you to check that out. And turns out this guy was like a general manager of a station in Fresno, which is kind of the area that I grew up in. And so I kind of had that in the back of my mind. So when I left the group in Hollywood, I signed up for a course at UCLA during the summer called Broadcasting 101. So I went to that and I thought, oh, you know what? This is something I can do. I went then to a junior college for two years and then transferred to Boston University. I have a degree in broadcast journalism from there. I don't think that I have necessarily developed a broadcast voice. I will say through the years, every place I've been to, they all say, you're not from here. So when I worked in New Hampshire, I had my California accent, right? When I went down to Norfolk, Virginia, I needed a little bit more of a southern accent. And my mom said, you know, when I came home to visit her, she says, oh, I can see the South's rubbed off on you a little bit because now you have a little bit more of a southern twang. And like in the back of my mind, I'm like, they've already all called me out for not being from here, meaning Virginia. So then after that, I went back to California, worked in California for a year before I came here. So... You know, when you're from Minnesota, the farther north you go, it was always, you know, it's like closer to Canada, Canada, eh, you get, you know, you start to throw in some of these things. I don't have that, neither did Paul. So, but I, I don't know that we have a flat Midwestern accent. I don't know about that. And I don't know what makes a California accent different from a Midwestern accent. To me, they kind of sound, if there's an accent to be had, it's other parts, you know, from the South, you know, or from you know, this uh, car commercial. It wasn't a car commercial. Yes, it was a car commercial for the Super Bowl. So they're all, they've all got, they're using their Boston accents, you know. It's like pack the cat, you know. So, um, so I didn't necessarily pick up any of that stuff. So I, I so long answer for I'm not sure where that, <laughs> you know, for, for where they, but, you know, it's, it's a presence. It's what you, so my advice to people is find your own voice, but whatever you say, say with authority. And so make sure you're believable in what you're saying, because if you have a certain type of gravitas to what you're delivering, people are going to listen to it. If you're a little too 
um, for women, if, you're, if your voice is a little too high, you know, try, if you can, to lower it, you know, your best. But make sure that the emphasis you are working on are on the right words, you know, because you don't want to put the emphasis on the wrong syllable, right? So, uh, you know, that's it. And, and make sure that when you move from one part of the country to the other, even within the state itself, make sure that when you're reading towns, you have the correct town name because nothing marks you quicker as an outsider when you say, you know, Delano, which is what I grew up for, for Delano. Don also talked about being a news anchor, the theater of it all and talked about his mentor was Dave Moore. Yes. And he talked about how he would read a number on the 6 o'clock news, and then at 10 o'clock, Dave would be like, ah, try it like this, and Dave would like have the number right on here, but actually pretend he's reading it on, the gra- on this piece of paper and put his glasses on to make it more believable to the viewer. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, who would have been your mentor? You know, I... And that's the other thing. I really didn't have uh, anybody that I was working with in the industry other than to look up to see what women in Ashley were doing. So Barbara Walters and uh, Diane Sawyer. From the global resources of ABC News, this is ABC World News with Diane Sawyer. Good evening, and it is so good to be here with you tonight. And we begin with the seismic vote on health care reform. In this and, you know, just others kind of coming through during the years that I was working. But that was just, that was just kind of more to see the interviews that they were doing and how they were phrasing the questions and things like that. I want to tell you all about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B. Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B. And Dale's motto is, a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is a fact. The food at T-Bird's Cafe and Takeaway is always spectacular. Bummed that my buddy Rich and I's cocktails and jukebox B-Dale evening was cut short due to dirt ball casing vehicles at my place. But even a quick beer at B-Dale is better than none. Rob, Shelley, Natalie, and the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail masters. I've been told and I've been talked about in these podcast ads, the Waller's Woodhill Cocktails, a sun-like hotcakes, karaoke, live music, pool table, pool tabs, bingo nights, bocce ball tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for cold one soon. Uh, but what I was taught is when I, when I will go, and I do this to today, even when I'm speaking today, I will go through a script or whatever I've written, you know, say I'm delivering a speech to somebody, I will go through it and I will make what I call hashtag marks. They're not the square hashtags, they're just slashes. Let's just put it that way. And so the phraseology is such that when it sounds like I need to take a breath or use more emphasis on a particular um, sentence, I will go and make a slash and circle the word that I want to emphasize. And so I was just looking the other day, in fact, tossing it out, something I had done speech recently. And so when I go through and I look at that, it looks like I've hacked it to death with, you know, my Sharpie because I'm still, you know, so that's my training. My training is to go through a script and don't let it be happenstance. That also reinforces to me before I start to speak 
the things that I want to emphasize when I'm sharing things. So I physically mark every script. I have done that from the beginning. So, but but even more so when I landed at Channel 11 because it was, you know, you want to have a carriage return on something, so you want to make sure that, you know, you want to stop when you're supposed to stop or at least, you know, there's a new thought, a new phrase. I will then make a, another big old line. It's like, okay, so here's the first paragraph, here's the second. It's like visually, contextually, it's there are breaks just as people talk with breaks. So I make sure that I've got those breaks, even though the words are all running together, I make sure I've got those visual breaks in there so that when I go to speak, it makes sense, hopefully. I just listened to your speech that you gave when you were you won the Upper Midwest Emmy Award, and you talk something to that effect. And you gave the speech about Anger Tower, I believe, in Duluth, and how you're you're talking about your career and walking up the stairs and this and he stopped. It's like I was out of breath, and then I came to this. It was really a nice speech, and I can see it now how you set that up. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, I just come back from a tour, actually, of the. Uh Upper uh, Lake Superior. So it was Lake Superior Circle Tour. So one of our stops was at the lighthouse where they were supposedly sending out the, the signals for the Edmund Fitzgerald. So it wasn't Anger Tower? It was a different place? I assumed it was Anger Tower you were talking about. Well, I can't remember which one. But, I, I, but in my mind, I was thinking about that particular thing. And they were broken down that day for the Edmund Fitzgerald. That, that storm had taken out that particular thing. But if, when you go there, they had this... Edmund Fitzgerald Museum. They've got, you know, a couple of things there, but you can, you know, walk up to the tower. But, you know, I was kind of looking for some type of story that would make sense to somebody who's like, okay, so you're on this journey, and I just recently went to this, you know, lookout tower, but, you know, and so it's one step at a time. And so as you get higher and higher in your career in a journey, you know, the steps get narrower and a little bit taller, but, you know, take breaths you know one step up two steps back one step up but it's it's a journey so then when you get to the top and there's like you walk out on this platform and you can look in every different direction so that's that was kind of the story i was trying to convey there's a lot of people that help you on your way up there you this is never a solo effort it's always for me it's always been team but part of that was you know going up this thing and it was, you know, when you get to the top, the view's great, but, you know, you share it with a whole bunch of people. And so, and let's bring a whole bunch of people along with you. Awesome. All right, Diana Pierce, thank you so much for being on the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Wonderful stories. Uh, please check out your show, uh, What's Next with Diana Pierce. It's on YouTube and you have a Facebook page and people can look up. Uh, any other stuff you'd like people to check into? That's we're we're good. If we even if they can find me, <laughs> follow me, <laughs> subscribe. You know how that works. I yeah. do. All right, thanks, Diana, for being on the show. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Oh, 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you enjoy the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday. If not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places, podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler Pine City, The B-Dale Club, and K9 Inspired Change. This is also a listener-supported podcast. So if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the music Musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. A lead foot on life is how I Seventy and a forty-five down the sweeping road. Heartbreak to happiness with no in-between. I'd rather be a crazy fool than a boring dull machine. Through the boulevards and back avenues. Ice-covered freeways and tropical latitudes. Side-splitting laughter. Soaking in the world while my body's up and warm Saddle up, hold on tight We're going riding down my white knuckle line Buckle up, enjoy the flight We're going riding down my white knuckle line Got a gypsy soul down to the sun tomorrow may bring I'll never have regrets not taking a swing saddle up hold on Crazy fool than a boring dumb machine. Saddle up.